Hi, my name is Farron, and you're listening to Hungry for Apples podcast. Please follow me on Instagram, F-A-E-R-N, and check out my website, Farron.me. Grab an apple, enjoy the show. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Welcome back to Hungry for Apples with your host, Farron. This week, I'm starting off on a little bit of a serious note, and it ties into what my topic is. So I'm going to talk about path of mind, which is something that I referred to a few podcasts ago, and I've been going through the three paths, and this is the third one. So it's the final one in the set of this little series that I put together. And I'm going to talk for a moment about what something that I haven't been able to get off of my mind, off of my mind lately. And gosh, I'm not even sure exactly how to lead into this. It has to do with the residential schools, the indigenous people of Turtle Island, which would be the United States and Canada and anywhere else actually in the world. But we're just starting here. Um, If you don't know about this yet, all of the residential schools in Canada are being excavated and they're finding, um, they're finding things that I don't know that I can get the words out of my mouth to say it, but it's just so many children. I, it's heartbreaking and they are starting to do that in the United States they've already started. I'm very glad that they've started. I understand that this is hard for a lot of people and I don't want to speak out of turn here. I'm just really glad that it's happening. I, I just know what it means to the people. It means so so much to me and I'm not even, okay, pull it together. (laughs) Okay. Um, all I'm saying is It's really important that we allow this to happen, that we support the people so that this can happen and it can happen swiftly, as quickly as possible. We need to go through every state, every school. We, as if I'm capable of taking part, I'm not, but I will support anybody that I I can in, in any way that I can. It's just something that, I mean, the timing, first of all, is energetically just perfect for this, harsh and hard, but perfect. It's, there's really no other way to go now. And that to me is a really good thing. Although we have to take on the sadness and however it makes us feel, in order to help the people that are directly affected feel supported, some of them for the first time ever in their lives. So how does this connect with path of mind? Well, when you're thinking about something a lot, it starts to kind of connect to your emotional body to your energy body. And if you don't actually address it, 
in some way. It, it creates misinformation that you will begin to have to kind of contend with. And that's not easy either. So what I'm getting at here is, if you are choosing to work with what I'm calling path of mind, which has a tendency to become complicated depending on your pers personal demeanor, the likeliness is the door or gateway is going to be your body. Even if you already regularly take care of yourself, this will need rearrangement in order to add in a devotional aspect, which is what will provide you with the path. So, even if you're not Native American or indigenous to this space here, you understand that thinking about something in a devotional way can shift how you feel emotionally. And getting into that in a physical way is often the root. What comes to mind here would be um, hoop dances, the jingle, dress, dance. I mean, so many. I don't, I don't want to pretend like I even know the names of all of these beautiful things that I see. But when we're given the opportunity to rearrange how we think about something, the benefits outweigh whatever it is we left behind. I want to read a tiny bit of commentary. Um, it's from the Upanishads, and I'm reading from a very practical, basic one. It's the Upanishads for Awakening, a practical commentary on India's classical scriptures, and it's from Abbot George Burke. And I'm reading from his commentary on the Kina Upanishad. And if you have the book, I'm reading from page 133, just one paragraph. The ear, mind, speech, breath, and eye are only instruments, only messengers. The one who causes them to function, the hearer of hearing, the witness of the mind and thought, the understander of speech, the source of the breath and the seer of seeing is our own Atman, the self. External experience may be illusory, but if we trace the illusion back to the perceiver of perception, we will find the reality that is the self. In a motion picture, we see so many images, so many illusions, but when the picture stops, we see the pure white screen that was behind it all the time, without which no picture would have been possible. Such is the self. Knowing the self to be none other than Brahman, the absolute, rebirth is no more. Basically, path of mind is the one that we really need to do a lot of rearranging. What we think about things, our opinion of things, how we act, our demeanor, all of that play a huge part in path of mind. And path of mind is the one that there is a lot of blocks, a lot of pitfalls, a lot of things start to happen because our ego starts to get in there and starts to rearrange things and try to make it more comfortable to see which things we're used to and then keep providing. So in our mind, we actually have to say, no, we're going to do the exact opposite. It's a sutra. 
I can never remember the number. The translation is equal and opposite thought. So if you have something that is your inner thoughts, your inner critic is just berating you and you're on path of mind and you can't get in movement or something like that right away and meditation's just not just not that moment, you know what I'm saying? Equal and opposite thought. You have to take control of the situation. Now, I'm not saying this is easy. It's just one of the things that you can do as you move forward in this zone. Path of mind is also going to draw you right back into the body. So I always say that the best route into the mind is through the body. And another thing you really have to remember something, uh, remember is that you cannot think your way into the heart. So what that really means is we have to watch how we think about our feelings, what we put on those feelings that are parameters, margins, some kind of limitation. Those limitations build and they, they start to make friends. And then you have to get through all of them. Just in case you're wondering, you, you can't just sit there and think your way out of it. Some people think that they can, and this is helpful. Now, that's the other thing I want to say. Contemplation is a very different thing than sitting and thinking about something. So there's a difference between ruminating over something and looking at all the sides and seeing how bad it feels over and over and over and over again and contemplating an outcome that is aligned with abundance. These two things get very confused and people seem to kind of get lost or stuck in this area. The method that is helping me the most or has helped me the most so far is absolutely meditation, but in this case, mantra. And mantra in Sanskrit, not in English. The English just doesn't work for me. But that is because there's too many decisions that have been made about what those words mean. And the translations to me just don't feel the same as when I figure out how to say the Sanskrit properly. Because Sanskrit is a vibrational language. It is a vibration that you say with your mouth, that your mind hears, and your body feels. This is a very different scope of language. Here, I'm going to read a list of definitions for the word mantra. I am on a website called Learn Sanskrit. And it's very easy. You put a word in and it gives you all the definitions. You will find if you go to a website like this that there are thousands of, sometimes thousands of definitions for a couple of letters. Okay? So that, now that you know that, you understand why the translations are sometimes a little bit off. And I'm not saying that they translated them wrong. I'm saying it doesn't feel the same to me. Two very different things. So... Here, here's a list of mantra definitions. Now, mind you, these mantra words are, are linked to other things. So I'm just going to read down the list and not give the links. Okay. So let's see. Spell. Plot. Spellbound. Vedic hymn. Mystical verse or magical formula. Formula of prayer. Counsel. Deliberation consultation, counseling, 
and then counsel comes up a couple more times. Consultation comes, comes up again, just a different connection. Advising, advisor, counselor, consultant, address, bewitch, bid welcome, welcome, subdue by a spell. This is a long list. And it's not even the separation of the word because mun comes from one word and tra comes from another. I actually had a definition in my head of this word that I can't find anywhere. I've been spending some time looking for it. And I thought it was to cross over. And I thought about it for a second. And what that is, is the action of what you do when you say a mantra properly. So what is happening here? You're crossing over from your mind into your heart from what you think and say to how it feels. And you're doing that by enunciating the vibration because the, the resonance in your skull connects to the vibration. That is also why it feels so different. As I said before, you can't think your way into the heart. But this is a habit. It's, it's something that you kind of have to look out for. It's not even something that will just scream at you right away. You have to really look for the subtleties around it. It looks like an assessment in words or explanations of what you think you're feeling. We may make decisions without even knowing it. Our ideas seem like a bank account of some sort. This is just the way we've been programmed and it's gotten us this far fabulous it's time to move on if you want to work in a more spiritual perspective as a regular daily life none of the places that you've been in any of these states whether it's path of mind path of heart path of body have been wrong they may not have been helpful at the time, but none of this is wrong. You're developing on a foundation that you've set for yourself. Some of the foundation might need to be removed or moved aside or reassessed. That's not, a, that's not that big of a deal, or actually it can be, but it's not wrong that you have to do that. It is definitely work, but it's not a negative. It's absolutely a positive every time you address something like that. Some of the things that really help in this area, besides mantra, is to think about it this way. You're learning how to witness yourself. When you're in path of mind, working in through the body, you're starting to witness yourself. This is, in my opinion, a little bit of a goal. You want to be able to see how you're doing things and make adjustments as you go. These things come over time. You can't really rush it, and there's no point in rushing it. It will turn into, it will basically just turn upside down and give you more work. Um, many of us have tried that already, so if you want to have a talk about that, send me an email, hungryforapplespodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, it's not a forced situation. It is an understanding situation. That's how you learn how to witness yourself. Other things that are helpful are actually deep thought. But as I said before, there's a big difference between sitting there and assessing and working with contemplation. So contemplation and deep thought to me are very similar. 
but sitting there and thinking, 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 ruminating, not necessarily the same thing. If you are doing that, it's possible there's a sign or a symbol that you're missing. Just wanted to throw that in there. There are many rewards in working with the path of mind, which is again, I think why people kind of can get caught here, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but if you notice that you're really caught, you, you will benefit from being uncaught. Notice what it is that is keeping you there or what you're, what is causing you to um, kind of rewind or redo. And it might be something you really, really like. I've noticed that, you know, um, there's this thing that I've heard Ram Dass say about being a um, devotional yogic person, bhakti, and that people get into the mode of singing to the divine or being with divine and you get really used to it because it's just so, it just feels so good that it's consistent. It is a very big part of the community to stay in that bhav. And I mean, this is, it feels good. It, it's good for your body. It's good for your nervous system, all of that. Over time, you'll have to notice whether you're staying there out of habit or if it's time to kind of split off and not take away your devotion but just notice where you are and perhaps add on that was me trying to explain something that's good that you love that may be a little too much and I don't even think it's bad. I don't even think a little too much is a bad thing. This is so confusing. It, this is there's so many caveats in the spiritual um, in the spiritual realm that it, you know if you think about this too much, it gets a little bit messy. Another thing I wanted to point out, and it'll be my last point, is that if you do find yourself in a situation that you just can't get something off of your mind, this is a very good time to do some movement. I, of course, prefer yogasana, asana, yeah, um, the postures, the vinyasa movement. This is, this is what I do. It is the thing that works best for me. But any kind of movement will help, especially if you re rearrange it. Wait, especially if you rearrange it with a devotional aspect. Without the devotional aspect, the movement is still beneficial, but you will still have to make a link somewhere. And that link is not living in your head. It's living in your heart. This is why moving into this zone through the body, to me, makes the most sense. If you're listening to this and you don't think it makes the most sense, Send me an email. I would love to hear why. If you didn't catch it before, it is hungryforapplespodcast at gmail.com. Something to note is that no matter where you are in this, you're in the right place. Just the mere fact that you're thinking about it is where you start. You're meeting yourself where you are at. This is really good. 
just keep going. Just keep going. Explore, ask questions, try things, repeat. Don't forget to meditate and drink a ton of water. Thank you so much for listening. Bye now. All right, that's our show for this week. Thanks for listening all the way through. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider a small donation over at patreon.com backslash Farron and feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, F-A-E-R-N. Or if you have any questions, check out my website, Farron.me. You can contact me there. You can see my class schedule and upcoming events. Again, you've been listening to Hungry for Apples with your host, Farron. I'm just feeling it out. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.